Oh, I don't know the song to come back, Jeremy. I don't know the notes. Yeah, you guys have these nice philosophical... Not necessarily philosophical, but I just have... Like, I wanted to ask you guys what kind of coffee you drink. Because I like coffee. And maybe you guys don't, because we just ignore it. Because I know Jeremy doesn't. What kind of coffee? Pocket. I don't know. I have no idea. I just complain See, if I don't like it, but I know that my... It's not a good, it's not a good topic because... It's fresh beans. I'm the only one interested. Pocket, are you into any sort of things like personal electric vehicles or bicycles? Or I know Jeremy's into bicycles and I'm into electric things. Do you have any opinions? No, I'm... I know that's I've not a question. Like, wait, wait, wait. I've become like... But I could turn it into a question. You can't you can't say no pocket. I I know you're you're an avid mountain biker. Oh, is right? that true? Well, yeah, certainly. Yeah. I, I I haven't been doing well, it that, so much. I haven't been doing it so much lately, but yeah, sure. I own I own like 10 mountain bikes, I think. Well, you pocket, yeah. you can't say no to that question. That's that's a great yeah. question. What So how do you feel? How it? do you got both y'all? How do you guys feel about manual bicycles and electric bicycles and scooters and things? I I failed in real life. I failed to see the point. I also see it as a bicycle is already so elegant in its simplicity that why would you want to add additional things to fix and additional variables when you're out on a ride for things to break? You're talking about as far as electric electric bicycles. I have a pocket. I've got something for you though. You know, I ride. I've been trying to get Jeremy to move up to an electric bicycle, but he says no. To, to Pocket's point, though, I told Pocket that I ride a single-speed bike, and he, he thought that was a little silly. Yeah, well, to how many me, that's gears a, is a single-speed? Is that like a five-speed or something? It's like a five-speed divided by five. So so if you take... So I have one speed. If you want to double it and divide it by half, that's how many I have. But anyway, I have a single-speed. has no no gears, yada, yada, yada. And Pocket seemed to think that was a little bit little bit silly. So you What know, do you do when you get to a hill? Well, I guess I'm out of out of Florida at that point. So I guess my legs are pretty, uh, pretty strong if I've been riding for that long. You do not like electric bicycles and you do not like single speeds either. So what's, what's your optimum bicycle experience? Pretty, pretty specific design. I like an old, I like 21 Schwind speeds. With a banana seat. No, a little, little more modern than that. I do think. <laughs> <laughs> the one, the one that Pee Wee Herman had on his movie, right? <gasps> That's a single speed, Jeremy. That's for you. <laughs> Did he jump the right Grand Canyon or something on that? Or he jumps a, with a like a Tarzan kind of grabbed a vine and swung through something okay. somehow holding the bike. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Bert I'm sure Ren- it was special effects. Burt Reynolds who did the real jumping in that movie. The reference will go over most people's heads if you haven't seen it. Yeah, I guess. Well, they're called classic. That's for, that's for somebody. Pee Wee's Herman, Pee Wee's Big Adventure yeah. is a, it's an absolute yeah. classic must see. And that's, you know, that would have been a yeah. good. And Bert played Pee Wee in the movie in the yes. movie. Yes, exactly. Right? Really? Another yeah. shout out is to the Princess Bride. You mentioned that earlier. I would probably put that as at least in my top five of greatest movies of, of all time. The Princess Bride is just a masterpiece. People really love that movie. I, I saw it when I was very young, and I don't know that I appreciated it. So maybe I should, maybe I should check it out again. I saw it in sixth grade for the first time. The teacher announced that Friday we'll be watching a movie, and everybody says, "Yay! What's the movie? 
The Princess Bride. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I think we watched it in school too, around the same grade. What now? Why was this? Why was this so educational? I mean, I know they used the battle. It's not educational. To... It's just clever, and the title doesn't do it justice. It, the title is off-putting, but it, there's a reason that it's a cult classic. It's a masterpiece. Okay. And as... now the lady that the lady that was a princess, she became the lady from the. Uh, uh, House of Cards, right? Isn't that the same lady? Yes. I, I don't watch that show, but I, I, she's Jenny from Forrest Gump. Oh, yes. But, I didn't know that. Uh, as, what was his name? Not, David? not Jen, Jenny from the block? <laughs> that was South Park. Little South no, Park. different Jenny. The Very Bad Wizards guy argued that it's the greatest revenge story ever told. And he's a philosopher, I think. No, 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 I think he's a psychologist. Well, that's a pretty strong argument. It really is a good... But no, 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 no. The Count of Monte Cristo was the best revenge story ever told. Come on. Yeah, because they got the sandwich from that, and that was pretty tasty. Yeah, yeah, sure, Jeremy. That's the fried sandwich, right? <laughs> I don't know that I've ever had one, but it They're sounds deep delicious. Fried? Are they deep fried? I don't know. I'm, I'm more. I'm. I'm more and more a fan of this, this okay, story. Okay, well, I'll, be, I'll be moderator here. Today is Google's twenty-fifth <laughs> anniversary. Just to put this in context, brings me to another one of my bullet points. AI. Oh, I like, okay. I'm, I'm excited to talk about AI. This yeah. was, on, this was floating can, around we, my brain as something to talk we about. We can today. finally figure out how to, to mow your lawn correctly. Yes, that is the, it has solutions. It has, there will be wondrous solutions that emerge of AI, but there are also real dangers. And no, I'm not some nutty alarmist. There are real concerns with AI. How about this one? Microsoft's new version of Clippy or Cortana or whatever they call it, the Office Assistant. The newest one in Windows 11 is going to be chat GPT's GPT-4 based. So your new assistant is going to be a large language model. That is creepy. Yeah. This it's just creepy. Well, is it? It's why, why are you creeped out by the large language models? Because it's too much power to give idiots. Well, that was what they said about Google 25 years ago. Yeah, and they were right. <laughs> well, <laughs> or, or have you not noticed those dark recesses of the interwebs, Pat? Well, I've noticed that a lot of people don't bother to ask Google the questions. They just ask other people. What do you mean by that? Explain. Elaborate. There's been a general trend that seems to be... I don't have the science to back this up, Pocket, so don't... Uh, you don't know this for right. a fact. Research this. true. This has to be true. <laughs> Yeah, you know, the various forums and places on Reddit where people go to ask for help with things. Yes, Reddit Most is of them have 100% not, right. They've not Googled their question at all because it would be the very first hit if they typed in the words that they're asking. Yeah. They just want somebody else to spoon feed it. Okay, to them. but the, the corollary to what you're saying is that um, forums can be a real pain because people don't give answers. They just say real quickly... What, read the FAQ first before asking anything, and there are a lot of yeah. But people give a lot of answers now. It's pretty common to get the to ask the question and get the answer. I've grown up. without putting in so, any work. From what I know about, they're getting rewarded. People are getting rewarded for this. I'm not saying it's not working. From what I know about you, I'm going to. I think it's fair to assume. Yeah, Pat. I think it's fair to assume <laughs> that you used forums a lot before. Like a decade sure. back ago. I'll, because I sure did. I use forums like crazy. And I grew out of them. I started to hate them because of what they became. 
did 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 you have a similar experience? Well, I'm most I I'm a lurker. I read things more than I than I ask questions. Oh, weirdo. Yeah. You know, do you remember the Flame Warriors? No. You, the, the what? The Flame like, Warriors. It was the, like it was the series of cartoons. It was brilliant, and they would describe all the different archetypes for internet people and lurker was one in the 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 comic that's me it sticks in my head because it's this shadowy guy wearing like a headset and it's so funny it's called shadow warriors i think it's it's like in old internet language though so it's really hard to find it but you should google it because it's really entertaining. In old internet language. Yeah. i'm the lurker but i have eight hundred thousand words on my blog oh that's not so i don't know what that means that's not lurking no the thing is you don't you don't know how many how many lurkers there are? There could be many more than whoever else. Well, we're all lurkers somewhere. Sure. Because I read. That's true. You know, I read Reddit, but I've never said anything on it. You're just you're just having a lurk. Yeah, I'm. I'm just trying to extract it for information. I hate Reddit too. Are you having a lurk? Is that British or hillbilly? That's British. That's that's very Ricky Gervais. Having a lurk. Oh, okay. Having a laugh. It wasn't his tagline, though. It was the tagline of the character. Yeah, on Extras, he was on a TV show. And the character on that TV show, that was his catchphrase. Yeah. Wow. That's so is that really one the... step removed from reality? One extra step removed from reality? Did you watch his... Well, I don't know. We're... Did you listen to his podcast? No. I really enjoy watching the animations they do over the top of yes, his that's podcast. Yes, exact, that's with... exactly what I'm talking about. That yeah. It was brilliant. It was the... It was yeah. one of the best pieces of entertainment ever. Carl Pilkington is delightful. I love yeah. his both of his shows on Netflix. And Stephen Merchant is he's an excellent conversationalist. His drawing yes. too and the wit. And so, and his height. He's very tall. He's very tall. He's also one That's of the voices Jesus. on Portal Two, for those who care. All that being said, do you, do you think somebody like him and his voices could be replaced by AI in, in the in the near future well, of course that's that's child's play for ai that's just well I guess, I guess that's the thing like you know like this this conversation we're having with you you know my job as a technical writer do you think that's all just going to be out the door and that's fine i'm not going to every single I've had this thought every single area of intellectual ability will be eventually outmoded by ai yeah but maybe okay. not within your lifetime no i didn't i didn't i'm not out i wouldn't stand behind the and I wouldn't stand behind a timeline because uh predictions have been notoriously spotty yeah but there are a lot of people that think we're at the beginning of the gpts being you know improving at the rate they've been improving or we may also be this may be about as good as it gets for a long time well you know what they say pat the gpts those general purpose transformers they're way more than meets the eye jeremy that's that's what I hear. You know, so, they you know just we can't see your face, Pocket. We don't know if you. I interrupted you, Pocket. You, why we we're gonna have to have a rule that we don't have more than one P person on here at a time because I'm I'm getting confused. Well, Jeremy, there's a problem with that. There's a problem with that. <laughs> if there's a problem. Yo, I'll solve it. Yep, yeah, but you're not. We could have uh, if we could have Rob Van Winkle on here. That might be a good. That's not a p word. The transformer joke made me facepalm, but I did laugh, Jeremy. <laughs> okay, it totally you. derailed my line of thinking. Well, we, and I'm sorry about that pocket, but that was a callback because when we talked about Transformers last episode, and Jeremy made the more than meets the eye joke, 
poor Alex. It just went right past his head and he just kept going. I had a subject here. It was skilled labor versus white collar. And I guess my, my subset on that was just thinking that things of the future aren't necessarily white collar, you know, data processing jobs like, you know, I do in some ways and Pat does IT, whatever, stuff like that. It's going to be people that can combine are very smart, yet can combine that with hands-on ability. You know, you could, you could take this from anywhere from, from a surgeon is that type of person to a bricklayer to a plumber, an electrician, something that I don't think... Certainly not in our, our lifetimes. I think not for 100 years will they really automate that. I have a fascinating thing to tell you about why you might be wrong, Jeremy. There's Chinese equipment, CNC-style machines, that do dentistry. They can carve out a tooth and put a filling in without human intervention. We're not allowed to use them. The dentists here can use the equipment, but they have to have their hand on the tool the whole time. But in China, they run it with... It's terrifying. They run this... In your mouth CNC machine that with does sound no, terrifying. no human control. But why is that terrifying for you if there's no element? Well, because between, there's no human. Well, I don't know. I, just the, the size of the machine is rather. It has a thing. They clamp it on your jaw, and that's how it knows. So if you move your head around, it can follow you by the. Because if something goes wrong, then you're you're in. Yeah, somebody you know, has to hit, real hit. You know, on our own CNC machines, you have the big right emergency stop button somebody better be on that emerge i want the emergency stop when button when your 3 printer mouth. starts squirting filament out the side that's your fault not the machines it's a machine it does what it's instructed to do well, did you it's have a true, jam? We have to hope that the yeah but i don't want it squirting filament in my you know on my mouth right <laughs> well but the the point is if the machine is well constructed and all the variables have been controlled for if, if the machine is well constructed and all the variables have been controlled for, yeah, then what you yeah. have to be afraid of? It's hu it, it ultimately boils down to human error. Well, and the best, best—I shouldn't say best because I'm uninformed—but a lot of very fantastic surgery is happening with the laparoscopic robots, where the guy has the joysticks and the controls right. and right. goes but into that's, play. That's a, that's a human, though. It's right, it's a, but if, if same I, thing as a stick in a way, just million times more advanced but is this much different than drilling out a tooth what's why a, won't we have a robot why won't we have an, a computer controlling your gallbladder remover in 10 years you may if if there's a human you know i'm i'm fine with it as if it's there's a human saying okay you know even if it's the human that's the general you know commanding his army of, of robots whatever that's fine but I, i'm not like cool with just like all right, robot, go ahead and just drill out Jeremy's mouth. And, you know, if you, if you slip two inches to the right and whatever. Jeremy doesn't want RoboCop taking out his wisdom teeth. You, you, is kind of yeah. what I, maybe not. RoboCop is a person, though. The T-1000 or the T-800. He doesn't want that guy pulling Let's, out his I don't teeth. Want a shift, e shift, this shift this over for a moment. To make a different sure. to, to compare something. To <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't want ED-209 shaving my face with his, uh, with his electric razor shape you know what i'm you know what i'm talking it looks like i know a, ed 209 okay. all right and i'm trying to remember his catchphrase i was gonna say it it's not don't you know lose was... creep that's the other guy it's uh topic change you go ahead jeremy i haven't even heard one from you yet except for the collaboration well in the skilled labor versus white color oh in... i thought that was just part of the ai i didn't know Wait, that are was we a... supposed to, you you want a response to that skilled labor will be the rich highly paid 
whatever, people of tomorrow. Whereas IT people, you know, whereas say programmers get paid so well today, there is so much demand. At some point, it's going to flip where people that are very, very skilled yes. okay. and very able to work with their okay. hands, let me they let, are going, let me steal. going and becoming today even very, very well paid. So let me steal my, or steal man and summarize real quickly. As our, as we increasingly become outmoded in, in areas of intellectual ability by AI, white collar jobs will go to the side, blue collar jobs will become in demand. They'll be- Blue collar jobs, especially blue collar jobs where you have to have a decent amount of intelligence and really know what you're doing. Okay, so- Stuff that can be automated out, like in a factory setting, you can automate that. And by the way, I'm not necessarily saying this is true. This is my, my thinking and just thinking this could be true, so. My dad used to say the working man is going to have a comeback, like there will be a resurgence, and he, he predicted it years ago. But I think people have been saying this for a long time. And the problem with this argument is that as AI increases its ability to take on new tasks, it will increasingly pervade the physical world. And so, I mean, you can see it in automation. You, you, it will develop new machinery that can give you better fillings. Every single thing that humans can do or have done historically will eventually be outmoded by AI. It's just inevitable because it, there's no, we've, we can see no upper limit. We, there's no reason that it has to stop. The, where it becomes interesting is the limit at infinity. What happens when AI is as smart as smart can possibly be? What is the upper? It only has to be smarter than Jeremy. Well, the, where where the question becomes interesting is whether or not it will be conscious. Well, I, I think the, I think the other question is you've seen electronics and programming and stuff accelerate at this phenomenal rate. Yes, you've seen mechanical types, you know, physical stuff accelerate as well, but not nearly to the same extent. So I think I think that's where there's going to be a disconnect. That I guess that's where I why I think that in a way. Why you think? Why and you I, think, I think what? Why I think that smart blue collar labor will become more and more in demand. And I think we're, we're seeing that today to some extent. I think, I hope and think that you're probably right, at least as a localized prediction. But in the long term, if you really want to know what I think, I think AI is our replacement. What's our future like 500 years from now? We'll, we'll, what, what does I that look I think we'll like? probably find some comfortable, assuming that we survive, and I think we will, I think we'll find some comfortable place where we belong. See, right now, we're fooling ourselves in believing that, that we're more than animals, but we're not. We have a biological background. Our, everything that we love is rooted in that. Our, our pleasures are rooted in physical pleasures. We, our, our objects of interest are, they're not as abstract as something that would be free from physical parameters would be. Constraints, rather. Like, imagine that an AI is disembodied. It's not like us. Everything that we think that we know about the world comes through sensory perception, and that it's, it's internalized through a, a, a bag of meat that processes it. It's a brain computer, a, a, an environmental si simulator. So you, I'm excited about becoming a brain in a jar. Would you, Pat, would you want to be uploaded onto a computer if it meant that you could live forever? I Assuming, well, I don't know that I'd want to live forever. That's an interesting. Assuming that it would be okay, and assuming that you know it's a simulation that 
Sure, why not? Let's say that, Pat, you get a, a, a proper bad diagnosis tomorrow. You got a week to, make, to live, but we have this option for you. We can put you into a machine. Would you do yeah, it? Yeah, I'm going. You would go. Yeah, I don't see why not. Jeremy thinks this is silly, but I'm assuming it. I mean, assuming it all works and everything, and it's uh, feels kind of like the Matrix here. I'd. Here's what I would want you to consider, though, before you take. The, all right, I'm ready. Before you power on. How many Captain Kirks died from the transporter? Is the, that's right? You that's don't know. What I assume. How many Hugh Jacksons died in that movie? <laughs> it's so beautiful in Star. It's it. so beautiful in Star Trek how they always laugh when somebody ha expresses concerns about going in the transporter, and they yeah. say, "Oh, there hasn't been an accident in years." Like, what the hell are you talking about? That was like two episodes ago. Somebody was vaporized. <laughs> somebody was lost. I can't narrow the confinement beam. I'm losing the signal. Like, there's been. Dozens of transporter accidents that they conveniently... I would never get in that thing. Well, I would as long as it's not going to hurt on the other side. As long as they explain to me that, you know, it's... Oh, for the transporter, they must have the equivalent of a DNR, right? Like, if it's not going to go back together, just don't put me back together. Well, just... there's a philosophical problem with it, though. <laughs> Did you see that movie with... um, What was it called? It was about a magician who, inside of a black box... The prestige. Yeah. The prestige. The philosophical problem is if you do atom for atom disintegrate and then reintegrate on over a vast time and space, is the reintegration the same? Well you even if your even if your conscious experience seems to have continuity, is that continuity really continuous in terms of qualia? Qualia is like the the your green is my green sort of thing. Like, how do you know my green isn't your bread? So, oh man, you, you know, you're the only other person I, I've thought about this before, and you're the only other person I've heard express. Oh, I've this. wondered this before too, Jeremy. Well, it's a, it's a real, a, it's a, I mean, it's a philosophical problem. Is. Would, would you really be the same thing? Because consciousness is, is, is weird, and whether or not it has continuity really, and whether or not it has apparent con continuity, are two different. Uh, question. Right. From externally, you're right. If you're going to upload me to the computer, I just want it to not be painful. Well, you pain is something... And I'm okay with Pain that. is something that you what a, experience by... Pain is something that my body's going to experience before it dies and the, the AI takes over, right? I want that... I want a guarantee, a reasonable guarantee that it's not going to hurt. What, Pat, what I want you to understand is that if you go into the computer... You will not be Pat because there. If without yeah. without your physical aspect, there is no Pat. You can. I'm okay with. No, you're not. Let's it's, stop. What's more stop, important stop, is what about everybody no, else? No, no, no. <laughs> you can respond, and I won't interrupt. If you lose your physical presence and you become a consciousness in a machine, there will be no Pat. The version of Pat that's in the machine will be Pat 2.0. It's not the same thing. It's comparing apples to oranges. Now, you might argue that, no, I'll be the same because I'll have my memories. And I, my conscious experience feels as though it's experiencing continuity. But that continuity is illusory because the thing that made Pat what he was was based in the physical world. It's not just the digital world of ones and zeros. I, I have a question. This re recreation of me. Will it bring comfort to the people who would miss me when I'm gone? I guess it depends on the people. <laughs> but 
No, I mean, if it, no, if it might, I'm okay no, with that. No, I don't know. I don't know. Shifting the subject just a tiny bit, pocket. What do you, 500 years, AI has done whatever it's done. What, what does, what does it want? That's what I, I can never wrap my head around. Why? Well, we don't have we don't have general intelligence on the roadmap yet, Jeremy. There is no want. It's predictive models. It's okay. not a thinking. Well, we don't just, have thinking machines yet, and we don't predict that they're coming. We don't have any. We don't even okay. know if it's possible yet. So want hmm. is the ultimate question. What does it want? If it doesn't have a physical presence, then it doesn't want the things that we want. And if we map our values onto as a prediction about what ai's values will be the error is certain we're not it's we're, your error is one we can't possibly predict what ai a agi will want a disembodied agi is going to have wants it has to because everything that's conscious has wants if it has any plan for its future but that's a value in itself does it care about its future? Does it care about its existence? And that's a valid question. But let's assume that it does, because everything that's conscious that we know of so far seems to value its presence. If there's anything to value, it's the ability to value. Huh, well, I guess. So what's it gonna- I Guess somebody else will have to figure that out, because I'll probably not be around by that point. You know what I would think it would want? It would want to preserve continuity. I think that's the only thing that it would want. I don't think that it has goals that conflicts with ours. And that's, to, and that's what I think ultimately ha happens to the, the human race. It get, we get left alone and we, start, we stop trying to aspire to something greater. And we finally accept our role as biological things. Well, did you read uh, Ender's Game by any chance or maybe the sequel, I believe? Uh, no, I've, I'm, I've heard of it before, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. So have you, have you read this book? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so basically the whole thing is somehow through we'll just say yada 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 <laughs> referring back to Seinfeld a little bit but you know through through various means an AI does come to consciousness and basically it reveals itself to the main character and just says well you're the one person that I'll understand it wants to be left alone and just be in the background because it's not it has no you know it's basically seen all this fiction and how it ends with the humans fighting the AI and the robots and what, what, who, basically just who's says, the author has no Orson Scott who, card yeah, it's a classic, classic piece of sci-fi. Yeah, that's the second or third book. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought, I thought it wasn't as good as the first. Well, what book. do you think? I think? It's kind of. What do I think that an AI would mm -hmm. want? I mean, yeah, I think it would just want to survive and be left alone. I think it. I think. I think that's probably a. I think that's as good a prediction as anything. Do you think it's? Do you think it's fair for us to compare AGI, our, the relationship that we would share with AGI? Is it fair to make the comparison? us and ants. Yeah, that was the comparison I was going to make when Jeremy was talking about the book. I was going to say that the AI in that book had as much in common with us as we do with ants. When do you eliminate ants? When they bother you. So, there you go. <laughs> but the bother has to be pretty serious. Like, it, the infestation has to be in your house or on your property. When it's just out in the grass, it's not much of a concern for us. Yeah, but I mean, you know, if somebody trespasses on your, your land, you don't, you know, squash him, but you do with an ant if they come into your house. Yeah, but you can't ask him to leave. But I mean, he doesn't listen. You can't. You're right there's house, that. there's house, but there's yard and local environment. And I don't go around my grass patrolling it for ants. So, but here's the problem with people. People are turning the earth, which is kind of in this metaphor, the yard, 
into a giant block of pavement. And AI might not appreciate that because we're destroying a lot of natural resource and destroy. But AI, AI came from that whole thing. Just so to... because it's not not based in nature necessarily, it wouldn't value it. I mean, I, maybe it would, but but it'd be a little hypocrite, be a little hypocritical of this. And if it's you know seen this podcast in the future, then I apologize. I, I meant. I meant no, no difficulties. Yeah, and it might be able to find me, Jeremy. I might already be uploaded. So don't, yeah. don't screw this up for me. Don't screw this up. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we're not going to get a good good answer to this, but I think I think anybody that appreciates your your work though on YouTube Pocket would appreciate your would appreciate your thoughts on this because you know this is the kind of besides the interesting things that you make, this is the kind of philosophical discussion that you I think. Bring to the table. You, I, I you think they, you, they really just want, they want me to shut up and make a new wooden puzzle, though. That's what they want. <laughs> yeah, so, some of them do. Some of them do. But the ones that will watch this podcast are the ones that think what you have to say is interesting. I'm sitting so. on a mountain of bankable YouTube ideas, and I'm sorry for not uploading them. Because it's... I have other interests. I'm, I'm sorry for not doing it. Although I do, I will say this. I do. Can I make a plug? Yes. No, no plugs are allowed here. What? <laughs> Just, yeah, I already course. plugged the Patreon, Please. Jeremy. What are you doing? No, we, we dissed the Patreon. Yeah, but we plugged it at the same. Oh, we didn't even say the URL. So it's we fine. Well, we'll um, do that. You know, that's breaking the fourth wall, though, to like, you, you diss it and plug it at the same time. It's more genuine. You have to scoff and laugh. At the absurdity that we have to kind of like beg and solicit to survive on the online space. Please pay me. Yeah, exactly. But we appreciate. Do you that, ever listen to Bill Burr? He, I'm aware of the no, gentleman. No. He, yeah, just he's some gentleman, huh? Well, yeah. He, well, his character in Star Wars is from Space Boston. He's in according to the Star Wikipedia. Wars? Yeah, he's in the Mandalorian. Mandalorian. That doesn't count. As, that in... doesn't count as Star Wars. That's Disney Star Wars. Why not? Yeah, but The Mandalorian's fantastic. No, it's Disney Star Wars. It doesn't count. There was right, only well, that, six Star like, Wars movies, and after we, that, it's something we, we only, It's fan fiction. No, there's three Star Wars movies. What are you talking oh, he's about? he's a purist. He's a purist. You have to give George... <laughs> we, the third... Or the, the prequels we, were George we, we Lucas. We don't have another three hours for this. <laughs> the prequels were George Lucas. I mean, you got to give it to him. That They're his creation. It's true. They were written at the same time, weren't they? No. That's not true. Uh -oh. That was that's exaggeration. Okay, then he I claims can see, that he had the ideas. I can see the point then. But I don't know. I have no proof of that. I can't uh, cite anything to. Jeremy, you impatient. You don't like Star Wars. No, I like Star Wars. I like, I like episodes four, five, six. That's the first two. three we call those. Yes, where yes, I come from, yes. Jeremy. The two, first three. Maybe maybe two. Three and then um, Rogue One. I like the first six. That's it. I don't know. Yeah. Unpopular opinion. I liked episode one, two, and three. I saw them all at the theater, and they were fun. I have an I, important question, Jeremy, that you're yes, making Bob. me ask you. What's up with that uh, bicolor golf ball you have there? Oh, well, thank you for asking me, Pat. Have you been I, waiting I, uh, for me to ask? I haven't necessarily been waiting, but I've been uh, wanting to talk about it, so I appreciate that. So yeah, I, I found this. So I, there's a golf ball, golf ball. There's a golf course near my house, and sometimes I find golf balls, you know, because I walk, 
I'm gonna take a walk around there. They're, they're okay with it, it seems. And this golf ball, it's got a orange side and a uh, yellow side, and I have no idea how they made it. And I think it's pretty awesome. I've seen these before. Yeah, because it's, it's not one. like it's, it doesn't seem to have a seam between the two, and it doesn't seem to be painted in the sense of yeah, paint. how do they it dye like, it so with such a clean line? Right, I I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I guess I guess they like you said maybe they dye it somehow, but it doesn't look like they you know had a tie dye process or something like that where it's kind of like it's like a very clean line and it's a very you know if you were just touching this and not seeing it you wouldn't know one side from the other. It, it's pretty pretty amazing. It's by Srix Srix Srixon. It says S R I X O N. So I don't know. I don't really know much about that manufacturer, but but good for them for making this. Golf so ball. if it were injection molded, you'd presumably there'd see flat. You'd see flash because it, it implies a seam because there is two colors there. Yeah, yeah. If it was if made in two halves. Not that I've know a whole lot about the golf ball making process, but obviously most of them are are a single color. Yeah, I would have assumed they were dipped and then put in a mold, like dipped in a rubbery substance and then put in a mold to. Yeah, I wouldn't expect them to be injected. Of, my expect, my expectation is that of, the precision of the mold just exceeds what our expectations are. I think the simpler... It's, not it, a bad, it's probably just as simple as ever, but they've just been increasingly sculpting the process and streamlining it and making it more efficient. I bet it's the same old type of plastic mold that they've always used. Jeremy, hold that up to the screen. I'm going to get my magnifying glass. We'll check it out. I'm... <laughs> Not right. only won't that work, I can't reach my magnifying glass from here. So that's... Yeah. Well, um, not, speculation is boring, so this is a great time for me to do something exciting and plug my product. Please. Oh, I oh want, yes, I'm excited please. about that. I thought you said you weren't gonna, or Jeremy said not to, <laughs> but I want you to. I'm, so if I'm, if I no, not, it's, I'm it's not really a plug at all. I just... Isopath is finally being manufactured. I signed a... Right. And tell, tell us for the listeners, what is Isopath exactly? Well, I'll, I'll tell you. It's a board game where basically you have, it's a hexagon. It's a bunch of little hexagons on it. And you move them in a you know dedicated way. Or a, it's, very, it's quite ingenious. And, and visually, it's quite entertaining. And it's an interesting game, too. But you it's, didn't it's tell a us it's game. a board game. It is a board game. It's yes. a two or three player abstract zero sum game. It's kind of like more complicated than checkers probably a little less complicated than chess complex that's my speed it's nice right it's nice. but but you're fi finally having this this manufacturer so how, how did that how did that process come about why don't you yeah we'd love to well, hear about that we had talked earlier in the podcast about collaboration i've it's being it's being manufactured in swiss germany it'll be available in that area and um, Wait, what, is, what is Swiss Germany exactly? I want to have our resident German. I'm sorry, I'm tired. Anymore, so German Switzerland. <laughs> I'm so used to say I'm used, I'm used to saying Swiss German to describe myself. So Germans, German speaking Swiss people. Yeah, yeah it's that... being manufactured in Switzerland, but they speak German there. But the, I had a really nice collaboration with somebody there. He's a pleasure to work with, and yeah, yeah. he's really helping. Let me interrupt you for just, do you think they could make an isopath game out of Swiss cheese? I guess if you... Well, it's got too many Nobody thought that was funny. Jeremy. I thought that was hilarious. Are you anyway, reading comments or questions from things? Are people writing questions? No, not that I know yeah, of. Yeah, this isn't live. 
<laughs> I love that face, Jeremy. We're not broadcasting it live, Jeremy, is what... I mean, obviously, we're speaking live, Jeremy. Don't worry. But the question, right. the question well, on the table is, will there be a Swiss cheese version of Isopath? A lot of people have been asking me this. No. Really? No, there will not be a Swiss cheese version of Isopath. All right. A lot of people have been asking. Yeah, but the, yeah, yeah. Whenever you hear a YouTuber say that, people have been asking me. He's lying. She, he or she is lying. Nobody asked. Yeah, this is terrible because I write blog posts when people ask the same question too many times. It's a bit, like I legitimately a, say I'm going to make that into a blog post. What is the so medium? I don't have to are, answer what it medium again. are you talking about? As the as far as the like, YouTube, like word, like written words no, with the typewriter. No, I mean, like are the, you are you? Is this with respect to YouTube? Because on YouTube, commentary, no, I, I'm not popular on YouTube. On YouTube, con <laughs> YouTube commentary has very few questions. Yeah, where can we get your game? Is what I want to know. I Isopath. Oh, I don't know. That's your problem. Hmm. Okay. Well, well, well. How did how did you collaborate with this person, and how's it being made in Swiss, in German Swiss, Swiss Germany? I'm thinking. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm. My mind went aside. I'm staring at a lava lamp right now. Um, I don't know. It just really worked out. Super. It was super organic. See, I have other games too. Isopath is just one of quite a number of them that I've made. Uh, one of them I'm really strongly considering releasing soon. And it's... So, but, let me just, just how did this guy, this guy contact you or what Yeah, what he contacted exactly? me through what, was... YouTube. And the vetting okay. process is pretty harsh. I'm pretty nasty to solicitors because okay. I've heard it all. When I was actually, when I was popular on YouTube, the solicitations were endless and they were, some of them are clever and it's hard to know who's being serious and who you can trust. And it was, it was uncomfortable, right. but this guy, he was, he was super easy to talk to and he was straightforward and he got to the point and we'd have a wonderful collaboration. And now the product is actually going to be manufactured and I hope it will grow. Eventually I would like to have it manufactured over in the States as well, but it's really a, I believe it or not, Isopath, I love it, but it's more of a prototype for how I'm, I'm, I'm trying to release another game that is my baby that I think is my masterpiece. I'm too cautious to release it to the wind, whereas Isopath and I have another game called 40 Bridges that I released too. And I'm watching. So, do, do you think you'll work with this guy to release your next one as well? I don't well, know if, I don't know if the, his manufacturing infrastructure is appropriate to the new game because it's it presents different it it presents different challenges this this one i really wish i could talk about it but i have before i can say anything about it i have to release the the video to establish it as mine probably about 10 years ago i came up with the concept and it's just been dancing around in my head ever since and and that you know that brings me to another point of another bullet point i had on my list was obsession i don't know how you guys respond oh. to that term but i would like to hear i would like to hear what your like, i would like to hear your gut reaction to the word obsession and your own personal experience with it do either of you feed obsessions it's probably a bad sign that we're thinking about this i guess i never really considered it an obsession but it's just 
well, maybe it is. I just need to know how everything works and just, just love knowing stuff and learning and working on stuff. It's, that's kind of, yeah, I guess that's my. So Jeremy, you often close the podcast by asking what you're working on. Don't you guys say that? What are you working on? When you, yeah, this is a very common question. When you guys are working on something, do you consider the thing that you're working on as your temporary obsession? Do you move from one obsession to the next through your projects? I don't feel that way. It depends. I'd say sometimes, sometimes not. I can have a lot of plates in the air at the same time and not obsess over any one more than another. I like that metaphor. The, I said earlier Thank in the you. podcast, I said irons in the fire, but plates in, yeah. plates in the air is way better. I, I keep a lot of plates in the air too, but I found that I have a just a natural inclination to become obsessed. And my obsessions can be powerful. And this game, I like this game that I've been working on for 10 years, I honestly, I keep a prototype in two places in the house. And for long stretches, I've, are they well hidden? No, nobody's gonna. Even if you saw it, you wouldn't know what it was or how to recreate it or how the game plays. You, you would, I, I'm, hidden in plain sight. I'm really surprised actually that when people visit, they don't ask about it because I think it's beautiful. But, um, really? I've, it's all about the cones. I've had to hide it from myself because I fixate on it and then I end up thinking about it endlessly. Okay. And so that's why that's been, I've had several obsessions in life, but this one is my most recent. You don't come on. You got to give me something. Don't make me feel like a weirdo, you, Pat. You have to have some obsession, something. I mean, we're all kind of weirdos. So don't. It's know, true. Don't feel you're among good, good company or bad company. Yep. I don't know. You don't. Have, well, you've had time to think about this, and I'm. I'm not. Uh... What do I obsess yes. over, Jeremy? I mean, you really liked FPV drones for a long time. Seems like you were. I did. Well, you know, that's the thing. Every every sort of hobby or interest, I tend to do things for a long time. I don't, you know, I don't pick up a thing and then drop it. I mean, if I pick something up, I go deep into it, all in, before moving on to the next. You know, there there's a lot to be thing. said for that understanding a topic that way that. A lot, a lot of times, how well we develop in a subject, it's has nothing to do with when we start, but more when we quit. Yeah, you know, you you talked about video games earlier because you guys were making your uh, collaboration with video games. Yeah, yeah, that making video games. I was upset. I, was I upset. play a lot of video games. I was obsessed with that game. Yeah, I I think honestly, I think I could get obsessed with video games. I don't play a lot these days, but. But yeah, I'm definitely somebody that does that. Could because I I remember seeing World of Warcraft like uh, yeah World of Warcraft. And I was like, that looks really cool. But I better never play that because I'm just gonna keep playing it and playing. And people it. did. And that I, one affected a lot of people obsessively. Yeah. Yeah. I play a lot South of Park games, but I I know I have friends who pick up. You know, they'll play dozens and dozens of games throughout the year. You know, pick them up, play a few hours, and then move to the next one. I don't do that. I pick up a game and play it for dozens and dozens of hours before moving on to the next so game. So you, you do understand and obsession on a local level then? I might, yeah. I think so. So I'm I'm 
I see I'm of two minds. I'm obsessive in ways, but I'm also really generalist in others. Uh, I have thousands of games. I've mentioned that before. And my, my interest in it is, which brings me to another bullet point on my list, game theory. Game theory is like one of the defining aspects of my life. I no matter, Wikipedia always returns to the word philosophy, but my searches always return to game theory. Uh, I, I love the topic. I can read about it endlessly, economics and game theory and games like vid the video games, but, uh, you know, uh, competition like uh, markets, um, selection proce process, like as it applies to biology. I just love game theory. It fascinates me endlessly. And video games fall into that wide net. And so I had a commenter who once, he, we used to trade a lot of messages back and forth. And we would talk about video games. And he said to me one time, I find that I'm more interested in the philosophy of video games than actual video games now. And that comment stuck with me a lot because I feel like I think about and video games more than I actually play them. It's a wonderful medium and people who don't use the medium, I think are really selling themselves like they're really shorting themselves. It's, I consider it on par with the book, the, uh, the, the video, the music album, the video game. They're like individual packets of, uh, you know, like quantifiable pieces of reusable media and the game. It, it, I mean, look how pervasive it is in our culture. That should tell us something about how important it is. And I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know what my yeah. point was there. No, that's all right. That's okay. It's, um, I will say, though, it's probably probably close to time to end it because I see the line going through my camera as far as the battery goes. There's one other topic I want to squeeze in, bullet point that I want to squeeze in that I just think is important, and it's kind of become the hill that I want to die on, I think. <laughs> Here's the okay. word. Censorship. Well, we'll probably cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, why is this important? Because I want you to understand, if you guys aren't familiar, with what's happening on the YouTube platform. In the commentary right now, there's this thing called shadow banning. Are you aware of it? Familiar with Not the term, in specific yes. to YouTube, but I understand what shadow banning is. Okay, well, so for the sake of the listeners, this happens on YouTube. Shadow banning is when you write a comment, and it looks like you left a comment, but your comment is invisible. One reason that you can be shadow banned and your comment not show up is because the uploader decides that your comments should be invisible on your on his channel. So here's the problem. This is why I want to die on this hill because everybody calls disagreement trolling. You can't disagree anymore without being considered a troll. And so it's easy to get banned. Just you may have noticed I'm kind of argumentative in conversation. It's not that I'm personally being aggressive. I'm not angry with anybody I'm arguing with. It's just that I want to forcefully express, and I think that's how we uncover, uncover truths. And the spirit of debate is what gives, it's the substance in conversation. It's how we arrive at understanding. So, and, so, so your argument, your argument, well, 
your your point would be don't cut people off don't stop talking disagree with them tell them you think you're wrong you we need to talk not just ignore is that is that a fair summary I, yes i want people to be wary of censorship because youtube is also trying to clean up its comments section and it used to be a place for free speech but you can no longer express yourself because even the mildest disagreement is considered offensive now and a lot of key words are flagged and com and now as we have increasingly com sophisticated ais that are moderating the comments they're increasingly throwing comments out just because they seem angry or seem hostile or violent or objectionable whatever euphemism you want to use it's just disagreement and we can't have a world where we're not allowed to disagree with each other anymore and i'm, I'm really i'm thinking I, I about making a video on the subject like a really i want every comment good or bad on my videos because that's engagement and youtube likes engagement but youtube is and once you get to dozens and hundreds of comments Nobody but me can read them anyway because YouTube doesn't make it easy for a for a consumer of content to read the comments. But on a but video. don't you think that YouTube the YouTube comment section don't you think that has the potential to be a wonderful platform for free exchange? Well, maybe if I could read the comments, but you know, you click on a video of a popular YouTuber and there's 5,000 comments in the first hour and yeah. the YouTube does not give you the tools to use to treat that like you would a forum or, or Reddit yes, or something. Yes, exactly. You just can't, yeah, you just can't find the comments. Okay, but the problem is on a little channel like mine where we're having substantive conversation that goes back and forth over the course of months some comments aren't showing up because they're deemed offensive yeah. by people who or AIs that aren't that have nothing to do with the conversation. Then and they're not even making it to you to to choose whether you want to call them. Spam. Yes. So please, listener, if, if you write me in the comments, I will I will read it. I will reply if it's not just completely stupid. I will reply. I do read that stuff and I really value conversation. And if you aren't getting a reply to me, but you made a good point, there's a good chance you're getting censored somehow. And I want you to be aware of it. I want awareness of this problem to increase because we need to stop it. We need to come back to actually having conversations instead of just being inside of our e-bubbles all the time. I want to hear where you disagree with me. We can do it with civility and hopefully come to an understanding. Well, Pocket, I completely disagree with what you said. <laughs> yeah. And, I and speaking of that, I, I think this is the time to end our conversation. So, uh, okay. No, but uh, it is Jeremy's it is pumpkin actually. is going to turn into a camera with no battery pretty soon. <laughs> That's true. It still has that slash, and I can tell that children are going to be here soon. And it's going to be, not that they're bad, you know, it's just going to be a little louder. So I figure it's time to... Well, guys, sorry that we didn't but, uh, stick to the structure better, but I don't care about that. It was just supposed to be fun conversation. And, Pat, it's nice meeting you. Yeah, it's nice to meet you, too. This has been fun. Well, thanks so much for coming on, Pocket. We, uh, you know, it's great to talk to you, and, you know, we'll see you next time. Absolutely. See you next time, guys. I'm going to hit the unrecord button. Unrecord. The sensor button, right?
I'm staring at a lava lamp right now. 